Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. New York voters agree across party lines that the biggest problems facing the state are the cost of living, crime, the influx of migrants, and the need for affordable housing, according to a poll released today. Michael Gormley reporting on Newsday.com that the Siena College Research Institute poll found 83 percent of voters felt the cost of living in New York is a major problem and only 12 percent considered it a minor problem. The sentiment was shared equally by Democrats and Republicans who often diverge greatly in political polls. Next on the list of top major problems, crime by 73 percent of voters, the need for affordable housing, 77 percent, and the recent wave of migrants to the state at 62 percent. Quote, in assessing the severity of problems facing New York, there is surprisingly considerable agreement among Democrats, Republicans and independents, said Siena College pollster Stephen Greenberg, who added a huge majority of Republicans, a large majority of independents and a plurality of Democrats all say the quality of life in New York is getting worse. Only 4% of independents, 5% of Republicans, and 22% of Democrats say things in New York are getting better. The poll questioned 804 New York registered voters from September 10th through Wednesday. It has a margin of error of plus or minus 4.3 percentage points. In other news, a top LIPA official testified at a hearing yesterday on LIPA's future that PSEG deserved a grade of only a D-plus for operating the local uh, electric grid because of lagging customer satisfaction scores and other missed performance metrics. At that same legislative hearing in the Rockaways, a PSEG official said the utilities' scores for reliability and other measures were among the highest in the state and nation, as he argued, for allowing PSEG to be allowed to continue to manage the system. Mark Harrington reporting on Newsday.com that the Legislative Commission on the Future of the Long Island Power Authority has been hearing public testimony over the past week to determine the best future course for LIPA, including as a fully public power utility that would do away with the public-private model that PSEG favors. PSEG's contract with LIPA expires at the end of 2025, and LIPA has begun the process of putting out bids for a new contractor in case the state commission box at letting LIPA run itself. At public hearings Monday and last week, PSEG Vice President of External Affairs Christopher Hahn touted PSEGLI's scores for reliability and customer satisfaction in the J.D. Power survey. But New York Assembly person Fred Thiel, the Democrat from Sag Harbor, the commission's co-chair, said his frame of reference is certainly to look at the J.D. Power reports that came out last year, where in residential customer satisfaction, PSEG is near the bottom. Newsday has reported PSEG in 2022 scored 690 of a possible 1,000 points in residential customer satisfaction, fourth from last among large eastern utilities. The Legislative Commission has scheduled another hearing for tomorrow at Southampton Hall at 11 a.m. Also here in the village, it looks like residents, all here in the village, not the town, uh, residents packed the seating area at the Southampton Cultural Center on Pond Lane last Thursday night, eager for their first chance to weigh in with their thoughts about a proposal to close Pond Lane to vehicular traffic in order to create an expansive waterfront park and Peter Marino design public gardens along Lake Agawam. Uh, big news here in the village. Kaylin Riley reporting on 27East.com for nearly the whole first hour of the meeting. Lake Agawam Conservancy President Bob Jufra had the floor giving an updated presentation on the plan, including new renderings from Array's design that outline existing conditions along the portion of Pond Lane that border the lake and proposed improvements that could be done there to mitigate stormwater runoff if the road is closed to motor vehicles. However, both Thursday night's presentation and the initial presentation put forth by the Conservancy at the last Village Board work session have not seemed to sway a strong contingent of residents who remain 
adamantly opposed to the closure of Pond Lane. While there were several residents who spoke in favor of the project, the majority who took their turn at the lectern expressed opposition. Many of them said they weren't opposed to the creation of the gardens, but didn't want to see the gardens created at the expense of expense of closing the road. They said Pond Lane was a key thoroughfare, not only because of its location in a historic area, but because it's another driving option in Southampton Village, which has been plagued by traffic issues for years. And finally, Montauket Chief Robert Farrow has been chosen as the Grand Marshal of East Hampton Town's 375th anniversary parade this coming Saturday, September 23rd, as the town supports the tribe in its quest for recognition by New York State. Beth Young and East End Beacon reporting the parade uh, begins at 10 a.m. on Main Street, traveling up Newtown Lane to Herrick Park, where at the reviewing stand, Hugh King, the town historian, will serve as announcer. The Montauket Women's Circle Dancers will perform on the East Hampton Middle School grounds. A wide range of community groups will also participate in Saturday's parade, and there will be uh, local vendors, food trucks, live music, and children's games and activities that this coming Saturday in East Hampton Village starting at 10 a.m. Sliding over to Sag Harbor in honor of Melinda Nager joining us for the hot studio segment underwritten by Peconic Landing looking like a sunny Tuesday in the village with a high near 75 degrees west wind around 14 miles per hour clear tonight with a low around 57 degrees northwest wind 9 to 11 miles per hour right now it's 65 degrees now while Melinda Nager was one of the artists at the uh, arts and crafts Fair at Harbor Fest this past weekend. Uh, we've wrapped this playlist around our second guest, who I believe is the newest executive director at the uh, East End Seaport uh, Museum and Marine Foundation in Greenport Village, which will be, uh, you know, hosting Maritime Festival this upcoming weekend. Um, so, and because there's going to be a Mardi Gras theme for Land and Sea Gala uh, this year. We went with a Mardi Gras edition of The Heart. It's a practice edition for uh, an all-music edition. I'll be planning uh, ahead of February when when the big old Mardi Gras happens. Uh, it's fun because um, I'm Cajun, and so I'm dedicating this one to my granny bear who is 100% uh, Cajun from down right outside of um, New Orleans or a bit outside, uh, which is uh, Gonzales. That's where the family farm was. So we've got coupons. We've got Gino Vanelli, Trailer Bar- a Bride, and John Papa Gross. But first, Yacht Club and Nice Guys. This is Mardi Gras from the Nature Machine EP of 2020. Here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love on 88.3 throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 FM in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio, the same place we archive all editions of the Heart Morning and Midnight Show. We'll be back.
From their 2022 record, Wasted Intimacy. Going back to 77 for this one. It's from Gino Vanelli's Popper in Paradise record. It's Mardi Gras. From WLIWFM.
nice two-decade jump forward in time between Gino Vanelli's Mardi Gras and Trailer Buck Brides track by the same title. Here on the heart. you're thinking what would it sound like if Courtney Love and Slim Whitman had a baby and that baby were in Nirvana something like Trailer Bride <laughs> that's from their self-titled record of 1997 Mardi Gras leading you into the bottom of the nine o'clock hour on Tuesday morning a little after midnight uh, if you're listening to the replay, that means it's time for our hot studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing. Uh, we did plan this whole playlist around the Mardi Gras theme of land and sea, kicking off uh, this, what is it, Thursday night ahead of Maritime Festival. Uh, no, it's Friday night, isn't it? Let me just make sure that I know where we are. Yes, yeah, so uh, land and sea will be on Friday night. It's the kickoff. Uh, event of Maritime Festival weekend. It's often like a local celebration kind of a thing. I don't know if tickets are sold out, but you should check out eastendseaport.org if you're interested. But we're going to turn back the hands of time a bit and talk about this past weekend in Sag Harbor with uh, Melinda Nager. Good morning, Melinda. Hi, Gianna. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. How are you, first of all? I'm still recovering from the weekend. <laughs> uh, people who go to fairs probably don't realize how exhausting it is being a vendor. Um, but putting them up, putting everything up, taking everything down, securing it, um, 
everything overnight if it's a two-day fair right, and right. high winds yes. can be kind of challenging. Oh, right. Um, we had Hurricane Lee. <laughs> it was really windy, and, and nothing blows away in wind like a big white sail tent. Right. Um, it, re- it really is like having uh, being on a sailboat in a high wind. With, so did, uh, we, did, did anybody lose their tent this year? Not that I'm aware oh, of. Oh, well, but, that's good news. Um, the organizer, Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Holstein, was very wise and let people set up a bit late on Saturday. The, the wind really was worse Saturday morning, and then it got, then it got better. Okay. So it, quite a few tents weren't up until mid-afternoon on Saturday, and, and I think that helped with safety a little bit. Sounds like it. And how were, I mean, how, how, how did you do? I sold four paintings. Woo. I've sold more. I've sold less. So it was kind of in the middle. Um, as fairs are iffy, you know, right. it, a lot depends on what else is going on in town. Right. Um, Sunday was beautiful, but it was so beautiful that I think a lot of people were at the beach instead of being in, in Sag Harbor for um, the art for fair right. and, and Harbor Fest. Um, and sometimes the fish are biting. Sometimes they aren't. Um, it's really unpredictable. Uh, three of the four that I sold were kind of old from previous fairs. Huh. Uh, and that's got it. That that would probably from for me. I would probably like that because I like to like you know uh, cycle cycle stock and whatnot. Well, you never know when somebody's going to walk in and be really touched by something. I, I kind of specialize in very recognizable local Sag Harbor scenes. And one f- favorite place there is was Dockside, the restaurant. Right. Um, and I had a, pa- a, a painting of Dockside, their outdoor courtyard at night. And I swear everybody who walked into my tent said, oh, Dockside, because it closed last year and everybody misses it. Right. And I thought it would sell... Um, Last year, when it had was just about to close, um, but this year, um, a woman walked in at the very end of the fair, probably the 20 or 30th person who had walked in and said, oh, Dockside, um, and she bought it. Yeah, that was a smart buy, I think. Yes. So, and, and other things you love to paint, Pierre's, right? Pierre's. Uh, Sag Harbor um, I painted many times Sag Harbor Cinema. The American Hotel is just... Yes. You, you know, sitting there in all of its picturesqueness, yes. um, and you get wonderful different light and different seasons on it. So Melinda is one of uh, the sources that I spoke with for Express Magazine, the newest edition of Festival, which I have not yet physically gotten into my hot little hands. Have you, have you seen it? Yes, not I about, have. Oh, my it's gosh. It's great. How's, <laughs> how does it look? How does it, it read? It looks and reads terrific. You're, Fantastic. You got everything I said down just perfectly. Um, and as a former Although. journalist, a, a still journalist, I, I understand that that's not nearly as easy as it looks. No. And, and it's funny because we didn't even uh, really get to scratch the surface of our discussions together. And without giving away, because you, you never want to... Uh, uh, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm forgetting words right now. Uh, you, I don't want to scoop my publication, but uh, you will see Melinda again in another publication uh, just because our conversation um, about you and who you are, we didn't really get to get into it. So we will be getting into it soon. So keep a keep a lookout on newsstands uh, for more, particularly about your your former life as a well as you say, still journalists. So where can we see your byline, um, or can we, right now? They're kind of few and far between right now. Because um, you're painting, I, <laughs> right? Right, and painting. Yes. Um, but I was a, a journalist for 40-plus uh, years, um, the first 20 at Newsweek magazine, and then 20 more after that as an editor and a health columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but... In using my other name, Melinda Beck. Right, which is one of my favorite things about you is that you have an alter ego (laughs) because there is another painter that goes by Melinda Beck, right? Yes, yes. And so So, 
was it like a, a cease and desist thing, or was it like, uh, all right, I'm going to use a different, I'm going to use my other name? Oh no, no, no! I I didn't even try to to be a painter known as Melinda Beck because she's a graphic designer and her illustrations run in a lot of. Um, publications and for years people would see her little credit line Melinda Beck and ask me if I was an artist on the t- uh, on the side um, so I got confused with her for a long time and I just wanted to have a completely different identity as an artist you know it's it's completely kind of, different style it's kind of a cool thing though because it's kind of like when I was in my 20s and people would ask me if I did radio for years and then you know and i'm and i'm saying oh haha people say that to me and now i'm doing radio so, so why did people say that to you because you have such a great radio voice it was because of my voice and well you do have a great radio voice. hey thanks hey thanks but you know it's interesting because it's like it's in that way it's really interesting they're saying you know do you do art on the side and, you know, it's sort of like a manifestation of the universe. <laughs> Have you ever reached out to Melinda Beck? That would be really cool. I know people who know her, um, but I've never, I've never met her or spoken to her myself. Would be cool. Would be cool to see I, your I words. I think that maybe her. our Jitney reservations have gotten mixed up. That makes sense. Yes. I don't locally. I don't know where it was, but someone thought I was another Gianna Volpe, and I was like, "There's another Gianna Volpe in the area." I was like, "That's fascinating." Have you Googled no. Gianna Volpe? No, well, I I have. I've Googled. I, I remember that for for me, in a very vain sense, as a young person, I wanted to uh, like. Be bigger than the, the Gianna Volpe is a wonderful. Uh, I think she's a therapist in I don't know Pennsylvania or something like that. And I always thought one day when I Google Gianna Volpe, I'll see my I'll see me. And I I did that, and then it was like it was it wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. I was like, <laughs> why did I was like, why did I want that? That's so horrible. But. So Harbor Fest, did you get to see anything else? Did you were you able to sneak away at all? Uh, yes, fortunately, my husband um, is a great guy and very supportive, and helps me with my tent and sits there with me all day long, so we can spell each other. So I did get to wander around Harbor Fest also. Can you tell me? I want to live vicariously through you. I'm still. I had to go to uh, uh, my my partner's. Uh, grandmother's 85th birthday not had to it was it was it was lovely and I, and I I love her um but I I had to miss out again so how was it tell me everything um so for one thing sitting over on the art fair side um there were all these cannon booms <laughs> um which I I believe were was the start of each of each um, the, wh- the whale race? Heat of the whale boat race. Right. Um, and I, I don't know who won. Um, but, but it's cute, and it's, it, it's a real Revolutionary War cannon. What? So that's interesting. That and is. the other really interesting thing is apparently this, these whale boat races and the Harbor Fest were begun by John Steinbeck. I over, did not uh, know that. Over 100 years ago, yes. And I'm sure back in that day, he did not have um, big blow-up bouncy castles for little kids. <laughs> but there were, there were a couple of those. Um, there was interesting food, shish kebabs, and um, one of the local restaurants had wine, was selling wine and beer, and there was ice cream, and they were raffling off um, a, a boat. I don't know what civic organization it was. Um, but that was exciting. Um, not as much music this time um, as in past past years, but um, somebody was giving massages. There was the Southampton Animal Shelter um, had an adoption going um, with dogs and cats. Um, and 
a lot of the um, little civic organizations in town had booths and were giving out information. And I think the Boy Scouts had hot dogs. Um, it's it's a real coming together of a lot of the special things about it sounds like, this area. It sounds it sounds awesome, and it sounds like they've managed to sort of keep the real like festival hullabaloo element out you know like you, you know when you go to these things and then there's a lot of like like vendors from far away i know that there are artisans from other parts of the country at the arts and crafts fair but it seems like it's it's much more you can feel the vibe of the 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 village very strongly yes you you really can um the woman in the tent next to me, we've been tent neighbors now for several fairs, does these fantastic beach photos of um, of the beaches around here. And it signs like the Sag Harbor Cinema sign and the um, lunch, the lobster roll place. Right, right. Um, and so that is, that's also a real celebration of... Um, of what a local. beautiful companion to be next door neighbors with. Yes, yes, because we're not competing. You know, we're very different mediums. Uh, her her photos are quite large. You could put them over a big sofa in your big, lovely Hamptons house, um, and it would just make the room. Her name is Allison Steger. Okay. Um, whereas mine, mine are really um, a smaller kind of bedroom, guest room. Yes. Hallway. By the way, I'm on I'm on Melinda and we we're we're way over time. I I want to just remind folks you can find your work at Melinda Nager N A Oh N E G E R right dot com. Um the buoys. I love the buoys. Ah. Thank you. Are those a are those a big seller? I have to imagine the answer is yes. Uh, yeah, several people have, have seen that and asked me to uh, paint something similar for them and, yeah. uh, in, in a different size. Or with buoys, you can do so many different things with colors. Right. So that's fine. MelindaNager.com. Before I let you go, I just wanted to touch on something which I think was the quote that I that I got to use, which is what you love about painting uh, as far as accessing a different part of your brain? I, I really feel that in contrast to writing and reporting, um, where you have to be so literal um, because you really have a, a responsibility to whoever you're interviewing or the story you need to tell. And then you have lots of other people looking over your shoulder and editing you. With art, um, you can just be moved by something very simple that you see, or just the way the light bounces off off a tree um, or or a or a wall, and try to capture it. And it's it's challenging. Um, you, it's it's really hard to recreate nature and right. particularly light, but it's so much fun. And they're not making millions of copies of what you're doing as they are with a, um, you know, a big newspaper. Um, and you can start over, you can, you can change the colors, you can do, it's really a much more creative part of the mind. And you can bring... And it's fun to be able to do both. Bring yourself into it a little bit more. Absolutely, yes. Melinda Nager, I'm Gianna Volpe. This was the Hot Studio segment underwritten by Peconic Landing. Before I let you go and I play, let's see, I'm going to play... Um, John Papa Gross. No, actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play Mark Broussard's uh, live version of Mardi Gras from Live at Full Sail University. But before I do that, do you, are, are you going to be uh, at any any uh, uh, fairs upcoming, or are there places where folks can see you, or should we just send them over? The, to web, the website is really the best place for now. Um, I'm part of the Southampton Artists Association, and they have some shows during the winter time. So people and I, I may have a few paintings there. Um, mostly, I've been selling at the Sag Harbor Arts and Crafts Fair, and then the next one of those is next June. Right.
Well, we can't wait to see you then. I think it's Father's Day weekend. Yeah. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Melinda Nager. This is Mark Broussard. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love. So, you know, Mardi Gras just happened back in Louisiana. I know you got got some form of Mardi Gras around these parts, too. Well, it's been a long time since I, since I had heard a new Mardi Gras song, so I decided to write one. I hope you enjoy it. This is called Mardi Gras. Rather 
From Mark Broussard to Pierre Quenders featuring Jacobus, Mason Villa featuring Sierra Farrell, and Dirks Bentley featuring Trombone Shorty. You get a little bit of it all here on the Heart Morning and Midnight Show on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Oh, my God, so good. 
My favorite track from this morning's practice run for an all-music Mardi Gras edition of The Heart in the future. If you're looking for some local flavor, sit tight for Carrie Carney Band. After the NPR news break, leading you into the NPR news break with Dirks Bentley featuring trombone Shorty. Mardi Gras from the Black record of 2016. Stay tuned for Tracy Orlando of the East End Seaport Museum and Marine Foundation. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to WLIWFM. So oh. 